Welcome to My 90s Playlist. This is a podcast about the hits of the 90s. We're looking at what made our favorite songs so popular back then and why we still love them today. I am Tracy, a.k.a. Trey Day, a.k.a. Um, Ice T. Yes. Which is technically copyright infringement, but me and Ice T have the same first name. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Okay, I'm a Koto, <laughs> a.k.a. Ko, a.k.a. Co-conspirator, a.k.a. Yes. Kofi. Yeah. As in coffee. Uh-huh. But it's that it, Nuna. Coffee. You get it? I was trying to do that. <gasps> I get it. And you know it's what I'm so saying? cute. Okay. 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 In each episode, we'll dive deep on one of our favorite 90s songs. The lyrics, the music, and how each song came to be. And we'll look at the effects each of these songs has had on the world. We'll do some games, tell some stories, and above all, we'll celebrate the music that we love so, so much. Cole, I have a question for you. What? What do um, my heart and Beyonce's legacy have in common? What? <laughs> <laughs> what do my heart and Beyonce's legacy have in common? I don't know. They will both go on. Oh. We're talking about Celine Dion and my heart will go on today. You got me. You got me. I was like, wait, this is not a part of the script, Tracy. What you doing? We're not supposed to be talking about this. Okay. Got Improv. it. Oh, my gosh. You're welcome. Just I'm for you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to hear why you're so excited. Y'all can't see this, but I'm pounding my chest right now. <laughs> Shout out to Celine. <laughs> Shout out to Celine. <laughs> Sound like it hurt. Relax. It did a little bit. <laughs> Let's get into it. Whoa. Instantly transported to my right. living room. And VH1. This is definitely a VH1 Absolutely song. Absolutely VH1. Back when they still played music. Every night in my dreams, Come on, Celine, with the breathy entrance. song is so beautiful. It's so pure. It is pure. That's it's exactly very what it earnest. is. Across the distance and spaces between us, you have come to show you go She gave you a little shoulder. Fun. Gave you a little shoulder. <laughs> Took it right back. like the song has been with me my entire life mm -hmm. which can give me the false impression that I like know everything there is to know about right this song. right not true so let's take a walk shall we we through, shall through the forest of statistics I don't know <laughs> <laughs> whatever okay we'll, we'll let's get, get into it we'll work it out okay <clears throat> okay so my heart will go on debuted at number one on the billboard hot 100 on February 28th 1998 what grade were you in math why you make me do math all the time in 1998 
I was eight minus two is six. Sixteen. Okay. So I was fifth. I think I was fifteen. Okay. okay. And Just when you're sixteen, you're in tenth grade. grade. Yeah. Bam. Look mm-hmm. at me. So this is like peak, like perm, Aaliyah swoop, like right. all of that. Right. The Titanic soundtrack ran for sixteen weeks at the top of the Billboard 200. That's a pretty long time. I've never done anything for 16 weeks besides breathe. <laughs> um, <laughs> 16 weeks is a really long time. It is. The song also appeared on Dion's 1997 album, Let's Talk About Love. Together, the two albums sold more than 60 million copies. 60 million according copies? To Sony Music. That's crazy. That's like as many people who like vote in elections. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to vote. Then I'm going to get me a Celine album. You know what I'm saying? Like... That's crazy. It is. Let's talk awards, shall we? My Heart Will Go On won the 1997 Academy Award for Best Original Song. Mm-hmm. Also won Mad Grammys, mm-hmm. right? You got the Grammy for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, Best Female Pop Vocal Performance, and Best Song Written Specifically for a Motion Picture or Television. Jesus. I did not realize was a category. I didn't know either. And we're not done. There's one more. Also won the 1998 Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song in a Motion Picture. That's nuts. I'm sure that the movie being so big really, really helped it. Speaking of the movie, Probably. Just a little bit. If you include the revenue from the 2012 and 2017 releases... Titanic earned worldwide a total of two point two billion with the B dollars. Billion with the B. Houseway. You know how like when politicians be like, we need this huge amount of money. I'm right. just like that amount of money doesn't exist. Like it's not a real number to me. Right. It's not... But then like Leo and them just like right. made a film that made that much. It's crazy. It became the highest grossing film of all time worldwide in nineteen ninety eight. And it remained so for 12 years until another James Cameron movie surpassed it in 2010. Do you know what it was? What? Avatar. But, yo, imagine being, like, at the top for 12 years. I can't. Like, <laughs> I literally crazy. cannot. Like, every year is like, well, here I am again. <laughs> Still at the top. <laughs> Titanic's like, here I am. And below me is where all of you are. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Like that picture of Blue Ivy looking down on right. everybody. Let me tell you about Kate Winslet. Okay. <laughs> bad bitch. Bad bitch. And after you hear this, you might be like, oh, badder bitch. Okay. So in 2012, mm-hmm. Kate Winslet told MTV News that the Titanic theme song makes her feel like throwing up. Oh, <laughs> Hold on. Wait. <laughs> what broke? Okay. And then she said, no, I shouldn't say that. But then she added, no, actually, I do feel like throwing up. (laughs) Damn. How you going to shit on the song that helped you grow? That's crazy. Um, I feel like context is important, though. Okay. So she went on to explain that every time she walks into a bar or like a restaurant with the pianist, they never missed an opportunity to start playing that song. All those pianists are corny. <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> right. Really? She said, quote, it's thrilling for people to surprise me with the Celine Dion song. And then she laughs. So um, imagine your best sarcasm font there. She's like, no, I love it. It's great. But also, just imagine, <laughs> wait, imagine being a pianist and you see Kate Winslet walk into your bar or whatever. You're like, but she hasn't heard this before. Are you fucking kidding me? You're like, I'm going to get her with this one, though. Right. I'm going to get her. Shout okay. out to Kate Winslet. Shout out to Kate Winslet. Let's get a drink, girl. Yes. All right, mm-hmm. Tracy. Learn me something. I'm very excited to tell you how this song came about. Mm-hmm. But 
I want to start by just talking about divas in general, because Celine is uh-huh. called a diva. And I'm trying to figure out what is actually a diva. Well, according to Beyonce, it's the female version of a hustler. Hustler. <laughs> um, Beyonce, thank you for educating us. Yes. I appreciate that. So I think like the word diva means like an actual opera singer who like has like a big voice Mm -hmm. and like is super talented which makes sense for like why Celine and Whitney and Mariah are considered divas because they have such huge exceptional big voices right Mm -hmm. but then like people think Tina Turner's a diva hmm I don't know what to make of all this like what is your definition of a diva so I'm not saying that Beyonce is wrong by any means Beyonce if you're listening you right (laughs) you right forever but I feel like I mean you know how like words change and take on different meanings Mm -hmm. especially depending on like where you are in the world for sure I think that in the western world diva means an important woman of talent Mm -hmm. highly recognized Mm -hmm. highly regarded and also kind of has an attitude like I think that's the thing like western culture has was like yeah you know like let's just put a little bit of misogyny on this you know and so like the word is not like highly regarded singer right it's that plus you know Mariah Carey is considered like the diva of all divas so much that she's leaned into it which I think is a great idea like you cannot take photos from Mariah's left hand side right right or mine just want to say (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, and then if that's the criteria then like I've only ever heard people say nice things about Celine Mm. and that she doesn't have attitude so Mm -hmm. why is she still a diva well I feel like okay for me the people that I consider divas honestly were people that VH1 put in their divas live I'm so glad you said that shit I think check this out (laughs) check this out okay check this out Uh oh bitch what a transition okay so in thinking about all this shit Uh I put together some lists here okay I love a list I'm gonna revisit some of the Diva lists. Okay. Okay. So Celine is in the first inaugural VH1 Divas Live. Oh, wait. What year is this? Sorry. 1998. Okay. It's Celine. Mm -hmm. It's Mariah. Okay. It's Aretha, which I think we can, under any definition of diva. Yeah. (laughs) I think Aretha (laughs) falls. Then it's Gloria Estefan. Oh. And Shania Twain. Oh. Guest performer Carole King. Oh. Which I get, because she like wrote all the songs that everybody's yeah. singing. But like, also, is she a diva? I don't know. But I mean, I ain't heard the range, but go ahead. I mean, come on. Okay. <laughs> 99. You ready for 99? I'm ready for 99. Whitney Houston. Bam. Tina Turner. Okay. Cher. Which uh, I get, but I like get big it. voice. I don't yeah. know if she qualifies. Yeah. And Brandy, which don't. Everyone under the sound of my voice, <laughs> don't you dare question that placement. It is what it is. You remind me of Benita Betrayal from In Living Color. Do you remember her that character? Oh my god! She was the I one be like, that. "I ain't one to gossip," so you ain't heard that from me. Yes. And then when somebody brought up Miss Jenkins, she'd be like, "Oh, don't nobody better say nothing bad about Miss Jenkins." Oh my god, I remember <laughs> Benita. Okay, here's where it gets weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. 99, we got Whitney, we got Tina, we got Sherry, we got Brandy. Guest performers, Mary J. Blige, Shaka Khan. Mm. Which, okay. Mm-hmm. Faith Hill, sure. Mm. Leanne Rimes, maybe. You want to take a guess at the last one? Wow. Uh, this is what year again? 99. I should give you this clue. It's a dude. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, one guess. Uh, D'Angelo? 
Tretch from Naughty Mike. <laughs> if you don't get out of this studio right Shout now. Shout out to Tretch's management. What do you mean? Because they was like, we got to get this dude back on top. What are you talking about? We got to find him a gig. I don't know who they lied to. Why are you telling me stories? I don't know, but he was up there. He was on the bill. Doing what? Unclear. <laughs> it's unclear. Remember Whitney Houston's My Love Is Your Love? Yeah, that was a good song. Written by Wyclef. Huh. I guess Wyclef couldn't make it because they was like, Tretch, can you... <laughs> okay, but... <laughs> can you come in and do... <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Crazy, right? Okay. Yeah. Now fast forward 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Divas Live 2009. We got Paula Abdul as the host and performer. Sure. Interesting. Sure. Mm-hmm. Adele makes perfect sense. Yes. Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. An incredible vocalist. Mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus. Jennifer Hudson. Obviously. Yeah. Leona Lewis and Jordan Sparks, who at the time was up and coming. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of these women and Tretch are very talented. <laughs> How dare you? Are very talented, right? Uh-huh. But it doesn't seem like there's one definition for diva. Like anyone yeah. can fit. And of course, I mean, the show had to evolve and mm-hmm. whatever. But it's just interesting to me how like at any given point in time, any of these yeah. people can be divas. Yeah, you can't discount like marketing and like press and like intentionality behind we right. need to get a lot of viewers for the show right so, yeah yeah our definition of diva however i think we both agree is a person who is incredibly talented yes and celine definitely is mm-hmm. because she recorded this big ass song in one take you know what i absolutely believe it you should I was about to be like, what? But of course she did. She gives you no evidence to believe otherwise. (laughs) There's there's no reason to believe otherwise. None. Okay. So let's talk about one take wonders, if you will. Why Mm -hmm. is this such a feat? Why is it like a crazy thing to do? Right? Mm -hmm. So studio performances is all about choices. Right? Okay. Where to add breath, where to take away breath, where to Mm -hmm. restrict it, where to chop up a note or where to make it longer emphasizing or de-emphasizing words like Mm -hmm. all of these things like we hear a song and it's just like oh this is great but these are like choices that people make in the studio and they're actively working through them Mm -hmm. it's why you hear like stories of like Beyonce or Rihanna like re-recording a thing over and over again to get this one little part like absolutely right Uh because they're trying to create like an experience and like an emotional sort of connection that's going to really resonate with people right right you with me Mm -hmm. so doing this obviously can be very very hard and Getting that right can take many, many takes, which is why it's fucking nuts. Just <laughs> like just go in and everything just and like, just like knock it out of the park. It's like a superhuman skill. That's wild. Right. Who else do you think is capable of doing that? Oh, I can tell Whitney you. Whitney for sure. I can tell you who's done it. Oh, I can. Who? I can. You remember Whitney Houston's iconic cover of the national anthem? Oh, yes. Okay, yes. That I did know that she did in one take. She didn't sing it live, Mm -hmm. but she recorded it and she nailed it one take. Gnarls Barkley, Crazy. Mm. Song of the Decade, I think, or one of the songs of the decade. That was a huge song. (laughs) Feelings on this one might be split, but I still think it's it's a worthy mention. Eminem, Lose Yourself. I think that's a very worthy mention. I think so, too. things that he does with, like, words, you gotta, like... That's wild. It's wild. Jay-Z, Hard Knock Life. Mm-hmm. Aretha Franklin's version of I Say a Little Prayer, one take, which wow. is also really embarrassing because Dionne Warwick came out with that song nine months before 
it's really embarrassing how much better Aretha's version is. Wow. It's like, it's painful. If you listen to them back to back, it's like, there's no use for Dion's version uh-huh. at all. So yeah, that's just like the company she's in. That is amazing. It is. It's a GOAT level skill. It you is. know what I mean? So here's how it all went down. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you will love Celine even more after this. Okay. Okay? So Celine, by the time 98 came around, she had some hits under her belt. She just mm-hmm. done Beauty and the Beast. She just done that song, Because You Love Me. Um, oh, that was a big one. It was a big one. She was huge, right? Uh-huh. And they asked her to do this song. And she was like, I don't want to do this shit. This <laughs> shit, like, I am I just did Beauty and the Beast. How many more, like, right. movie songs do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. What more do you want from me? Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> and Renee, her late husband, mm-hmm. R.I.P., convinced her to record it. She still didn't want to do it. And she was on Watch What Happens Live in mm-hmm. 2019 and was like, she was she was on her period, but she called it girly days. Aww. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was having belly pains in girly days. And she was Aww. like, I didn't want to do it. So her husband was like, all right, bet. Why don't you just record the demo, right? Uh-huh. So that was, I think, his trick was like, you record the demo, they'll shop it around with somebody else who wants to sing it. Mm-hmm. Celine gets to the studio. The songwriter, James Horner, mm-hmm. is like, hey, Celine, okay, here's what the movie's about. Just so you know for context as you do the song, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently Celine basically like rolls her eyes, like, whatever, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't even, don't you dare don't come at me with this. <laughs> try to tell me how to do this shit. <laughs> so she rolls her eyes, enters the booth, turns off the lights. <laughs> It's like she knew what she was about to give people. Uh-huh. She turns off the lights like, bitch, this is this is theater. Uh-huh. <laughs> turns off the lights and wails on them. Wow. The demo is what we all heard when we heard the song the first time. Wow. You know what, though? I feel it. I do some of my best work when I don't want to do it. And I'm just like, let me just get in here. Let me just do it so I can go home and bleed in peace. Yeah, exactly. She was like, enough. My favorite part is when the dude tried to like tell her, okay, this is what the... She's like, bitch, please. (laughs) (laughs) You you want me to sing a movie song? I know how to do this. Did you not hear beauty? I know how to... I does this. Mind your business. Make way. And apparently everybody in the room had chills. Mm -hmm. Because of course you did. She did that shit in one take. Queen Celine. So shout out to Celine, man. Wow, other, other that was such a great talent. story. Yeah. I love that story. So this song, huge song, ends up on the soundtrack mm-hmm. and inevitably helps sell millions and millions of copies of the soundtrack mm-hmm. and Celine's album. I would like to spend some time talking about movie soundtracks. Oh, my God. So the 90s were like the golden era of the movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Here's a stat for you. Mm-hmm. Nine of the top 20 best-selling movie soundtracks of all time, mm-hmm. of forever times, were from the 90s. You're bullshitting. I'm not bullshitting. I did not know that. Absolutely and true. I, why am I surprised or shocked or just happy to know that? I have for you those nine movie soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you hear them, you'll be like, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Okay, number one, and these are in order of success. Mm-hmm. Number one, The Bodyguard, 1992. 18 million units sold. Obviously. <laughs> clearly, clearly. I can remember choreographing a dance in my basement with my best friend Shonda from next door uh-huh. to Queen of the Night. I still know the choreography and no, I will not do it for you. Okay. Okay. Next up, we have the soundtrack from my favorite movie of all time, Forrest Gump, 1994. Whoa. Such a good movie, first of all. That's when I first fell in love with Tom Hanks. I'm so interested in your love and adoration of Tom Hanks but 
we'll we save think there's that for not another time in the day. And it makes sense that that soundtrack would do so good because right. I mean it's it's just like old successful songs exactly right that everybody loved. Shout out to Tom. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Tom Hanks. Please call me. Please just <laughs> something. So Forrest Gump sold twelve million units. Damn. Nineteen ninety four. Next up, Titanic. Nineteen ninety seven. Eleven million units. Mm. Very very close to Forrest. Mm-hmm. Next up, The Lion King. Nineteen ninety four. Ten million units. Mm. Shout out to Elton John. Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Beautiful song. Everybody loved that song. Mm-hmm. Next up, the best movie soundtrack there is, 1995, Waiting to Exhale. Come on now. Seven million. I challenge you. Where? I challenge any of you. Where? Ain't don't me. even. Don't don't even do it. Don't, don't try. Don't take the challenge. Top to bottom, except for that Shantae Moore song. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Shantae Moore. Shout out to Shantae Moore. <laughs> Next up, Pure Country, which I have never seen, nor have I heard about, but that happened in 1992. Okay. Six million units sold. I believe it. Country album. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. I get it. Big numbers. Space Jam, 1996. What? Guess how many units? Four million. Six crazy six million okay still good the next one i also had city of angels never saw the movie don't know what it's about 1998 five million copies what was the banner song from that one google dolls iris oh so good that's good okay and another one very near and dear to my heart the evita soundtrack 1996 madonna Mm-hmm. five million copies argentina was pissed by the way can i tell this story real quick so ava perone of course from Argentina, she's lauded as like the champion of like the workers, uh-huh. des camisados, and to have Madonna play it, they thought was an insult because they thought Madonna was not worthy. We'll say people had a lot of feelings about Madonna back then. They did, they did. So, why did this happen? Like, what was it about the '90s that made it like movie soundtrack fever? I have the answer. I'm so curious. That answer is capitalism. Mm. Now, I realized that we are in a very, um, like a socio-political moment right now. When it comes to money and capitalism and ownership and stuff. Yes. We all know that there are downsides to capitalism. For sure. But sometimes there are byproducts that can be useful and can be helpful. Tell me more, Tracy. Okay, so what happened was movie soundtracks were not invented Mm -hmm. in the 90s. There were others that existed in the 80s. Top Gun, Footloose, Dirty Dancing, Mm -hmm. all that jazz. But media companies and the music business came together to make the soundtrack album a really, really big monetary success. Got it. Here's how they did it. Let's okay. use Sony, for example. Okay. Sony at that time was already known as like the electronics company people, right? They right. Invented the cassette. The Discman. Yeah. All stuff. Yes. The Walkman, all mm-hmm. of that. But the problem was they couldn't get a license for any music to put on their CDs because it was so new. And people were kind of like, eh, I don't know. Right. Like, why do I want my music on a CD? Yeah. What if nobody buys CD players? Right. We don't know what's going to happen. So what they did is they decided to buy CBS Records in 1990, right? And that gave them unlimited access to hit stars like Michael Jackson, Bruce Springsteen, et cetera, et cetera. Did not even know CBS Records existed. So when they did that, they got music that they could then put onto CDs. That they would then sell. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Check this out, though. Okay. They also purchased Columbia TriStar Pictures, which gave them an advantage when it came to home videos. 
see? You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm doing? I feel like the gif of the dude in the wire right now. Oh, Weebay? Where he's yes. just like, oh. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that gave them the chance to sell a ton of VHS players, movies. And so then Sony's like, we got all this stuff. Basically, our hands are in a lot of like pots and right. a bunch of different media pots. How do we put these together and yield like the biggest result possible? Right. A good example of how they did that is Jerry Maguire. Remember okay. Jerry Maguire? I do. So Jerry Maguire, 1996. Mm-hmm. So Cameron Crowe, director, was really big on putting music into movies, mm-hmm. basically. So he directed Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. In Jerry Maguire, which was a TriStar film, which, remember, Sony had purchased. Right. So then they have the opportunity to release a soundtrack to the movie. Mm-hmm. And they did that by using one of Sony's biggest stars at the time, who was Bruce Springsteen. Sold like hotcakes. Of course. Then it's just like profit. Right. Because they own all the parts. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about licensing nothing from nobody else, right. paying anybody else for anything. So they made a gazillion dollars off of they that. They made a gazillion dollars off of that. And then that was replicated by all the other film studios and stuff because they were just like, oh, that's, uh, that's a good idea. Right. Oh, y'all did that all by yourself, huh? Right. Let me let me practice. Get it on this. They even like eventually evolved to putting like the singer in the movie, hence Bodyguard. Oh, mm. that's how we got Whitney and Kevin Costner. Uh-huh. That's how that happened. You got the title track. You got the blew star. Up. Right. The movie's the actually about a singer. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just like all worked out. Exactly. So that's how that whole thing happened. So why did it stop? Great question. I don't know. Okay. Here are my thoughts. Though. Okay. I feel like it's probably due to like the changing and evolving like media world. Right. Interesting. Because eventually, like, CDs weren't happening anymore. Cassettes right. weren't happening anymore. VHS didn't exist anymore. So Sony didn't have that leverage of their physical product. Right, right. Because, like, when you go to, like, buy a CD or you buy a record, it's, like, a very, like, different kind of, like, experience, uh-huh. right? Yep. But when you can just, like, stream stuff straight from your... Whatever device. Devices. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, all that happened at the turn of the century. So it yeah. makes sense that, like the 90s sustained soundtracks and then Mm -hmm. they got less popular in the 2000s. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girly? (laughs) Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. (laughs) If these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Now we have Eric, who's here to fix another game for Tracy. Hey. <laughs> oh, so you going to already declare. I mean. Okay. I am here to do another game about music. Hello. Hey. Hi. <laughs> All right, wonderful. All right, well, I have a new game here for you. This Yay. is called 100 Years, 100 Songs, and Zero Notes. Interesting. So we are talking all about movie soundtracks. Okay. And the oh, American Film Institute mm-hmm. keeps a bunch of, like, 100 big hundred lists of stuff. Okay. Like best hundred movies of what genre, blah, blah, blah. But one that they do have is 100 Years, 100 Songs. And those are the top 100 songs in American cinema of the last 20th century. Okay. Wow. I have picked 
a few songs from uh, 1989 to 2002, right around, because, you know, this is a 90s show. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to read just the lyrics of those songs. And I want you to tell me what the song is and also what movie it's from. Both of them. You need both of them to get the point. You don't need both of them, but you have the opportunity for extra points. Okay. 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 Good um, luck to me. <laughs> so here are some things to help you out a little bit. Remember, this is AFI. This is like all of American cinema. So they yeah. choose a lot of really recognizable ones. Their number one song was Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Okay. Like their number mm. three song was Singing in the Rain. Okay. It's all over the place. Okay. But I did choose from 1989 to 2002. There are 11 in that area. Okay. I also then eliminated all of the movie musicals that were Broadway shows. So okay. there's no Chicago. But, oh, and I would know those. Can you put them back? Okay. So this one is... <laughs> Okoto is very calmly wagging her finger in my face. And there's something about the calmness of it that was so disrespectful. And I just want our listeners to know. Thank you. I'm working on being a little more menacing. It's... That's very good. That, that I'm intimidated. That I'm intimidated. That wasn't bad. Thank just... you. Thank you, guys. Relax. Okay. So Chicago is off the board. Moulin Rouge is off the board. Okay. However, Disney movie musicals are still on the board. Okay. Okay, we're gonna start with we're gonna start with one I think you might know. Ever just the same. Ever a surprise. Ever as before. Ding ding ding. Ever just as sure as the sun will rise. Tracy, what is it? Beauty and the beast. Absolutely. You get a this point. is not my game. Woo! I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to win okay. right, more. Number two, y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. If I should stay. I'm gonna get a Kodo. What is it? Uh, that'd be Whitney Houston. I will always love you. The bodyguard. Do I get two points? Tracy got two points because Beauty and the Beast is the same name as Beauty and the Beast. Uh -huh. I will also give you two okay, points. Okay, great, fine. So there you go. Thank okay. you. What I love about this song, I will always love you, was that it was written by Dolly Parton. Yep. Mm -hmm. And also, she wrote "I Will Always Love You" and Jolene mm. in the same night. Shout out to Dolly because she's like love... she's nuts. And I love every time I see, I hear Dolly talk about Whitney Houston doing like. Mm -hmm. The version of her song. It's like, it's Whitney's song now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, Dolly is just so pleased. She She's is. like, yeah, oh, wait. Girl. Mm -hmm. There was a story about how somebody else wanted to cover it and she was like, no. Oh, right. The story was that Elvis Presley wanted to cover it mm -hmm. and Dolly was like, no. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and, then, just, and then she's like, no, Whitney, you got it. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, get, get out of here before Elvis notices. <laughs> so it's two to two. I'm going to the, do the next song that I have on the list. Okay, okay. Elvis was a hero to most, but he never meant shit to me, you see. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Oh, we, that was... The that was the quote, right? Yes, it was. I thought you were just talking about it. <laughs> I was like, wait, what the fuck? That's hilarious. Okay, go ahead. Straight up racist, that sucker was, plain and simple. Tracy, what is Motherfuck it? Motherfuck him and John Wayne. That would be public enemy, fight the power, uh, do the right thing. There you like go. That. Two points mm, to you. Mm, mm. Oh my god! I also lo I love this song, and this is something that we talked about a little bit about how indelible the songs are from the piece of media. This mm. one, especially, this is like the farthest away, but yeah. I feel like it has such DNA because it's about literally fighting the power. Yeah, which is about yeah. it. Mm -hmm. so it's interesting how I you might not recognize it from "Do the Right Thing," but they're cut from the same cloth. Right, yeah. especially because Spike Lee was just like, "Can you write something?" And they're like, "I know exactly what, what this right. means." Right, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, to make sure that you know it is this question for okay. I'm a sensitive soul, though I seem thick-skinned. Uh, uh, and it hurt that my I friends never stood downwind. 
I'm going to give Okoto a shot on this because y'all y'all raised your hands at the same time. I'm a sensitive soul. She don't even know it. Is this a Disney movie? She don't even know it. She can't tell you that. Look at you cheating. Look at you cheating. I can't. I need the melody. (laughs) Give me a beat. (laughs) Okoto, you got a shot, but I got to give it to Tracy if you don't know it. Never stood downwind. Who wrote this? (laughs) I give up. Um, uh, that would be Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King. Damn it! Can you feel the love tonight? That's what I was gonna say! Whoa! Whoa! The shade! Negative points! You said, can you feel the love tonight, Tracy? Wait, wait, whoa, wait, what? Wait, It's Hakuna Matata. I know that you know it, but you said, I can you feel the love tonight. I can't give you the points. Yes! Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait. I get one point. Can she get negative points? I cannot get negative points. You get one point for knowing it was The Lion King, but I can't get it because it's in black and white. You said, can you feel the love tonight, unfortunately. This is that gif of that um, the basketball player that shoots and And turns around like Young. Nick Young. It's Nick Young, yeah. That's great. Okay. I'll give you the point, though, because you knew it was Timon and Pumbaa, and I know you knew what the song was. So was it? Five two. Yes, it's five two. I also love that there is a really important emotional beat because Pumbaa got alienated from his tribe of warthogs because he farts too much. Oh. Young gassy. Yeah, that's a Young good gassy. shit. Yeah. So that's <laughs> why the down stood downwind. Oh, do the that. downwind. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. All right. Uh, here's another one. Whoa, my love, my darling. I've hungered oh, for uh, Akoda. What is it? Yeah, I need your love. The vocals. What movie is it from? Can I get two guesses for the movie? There you no. Go. What do you got? <laughs> Come on, second ghost. Game. It is Ghost. Yes. Yeah, there you go. And then who sang it and who wasn't? Oh my. And the song right. title. What is the song? Tracy, do you know what the song title is? I, I Hunger. No, it's not what it is. <laughs> the title is Unchained Melody. There you go. By the Righteous Brothers. Okay. I'm going to give each of you a point because okay. Okoto did say it first and then you came in with that's it. True. So now okay. it is six, two, three. Okay, that's fair. That's People fair. also know this just as like the ghost song. So yeah. I would have given you that recognition. Hunger. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the whole time you were still singing the songs. <laughs> it never stopped. All right, this is the last one. Okay. Okoto, if you get this right, I'll let you tie. I'll give you an extra bonus okay. point. What is, you, what is this? I'm going to let it, you tie. See, it is, is with the tits. I want to recount. Okay. I want right. to recount. No more gains. I'm a change what you call rage. Tear this motherfucking roof off like two dogs cage. Tear this motherfucking roof off like two dogs cage. Oh, oh, eight mile, Eminem, uh, lose yourself. Akoto, you really pulled it together and you tied here. <laughs> yes! But she I'm going to tear this motherfucker off like two dogs cage. I was playing in the beginning. The mood all changed. I've been chewed up and spit out and booed off stage. But okay, I don't. Okay, but y'all's math is not correct, and I feel like the rule. Hey, hey, Tracy, hey, Tracy, can you come over? Come over here. Wait, 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 wait. No. no, hold on. I gotta talk to. I have to talk to Tracy over here for a second. Can you just like give me a second? Wait, what's happening? Hey, hey, Tracy. What? what? Uh, yeah. Just listen. Um, Akota's been having a really tough time because he hasn't been winning a lot. <laughs> you're and uh, right. you're right. I think I know that yeah. that ordinarily it'd be two points, but mm-hmm. I give her an extra three. Okay. I think tying because like it's not going to go in your yeah. L. And I mean, I don't want to look like a look like a sore loser, like a bully or nothing. Yeah, and I mean, like you're in so many podcasts, and like it's just like, like, everybody knows. Just, like, everybody heard the round. They know yeah, but like I just don't want to make it. Okay. All right, cool. And I just want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, cool! I didn't even see you there. I'm gonna take this tie, <laughs> and I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> 
Not even a little bit. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, you know, this time means a lot to me. You know, I've struggled. <laughs> this is from the third verse of Lose Yourself. And you're like, I wow. got it. Two dogs caged. I know that. So I'll I give mean, it to you. That was a really third impressive. Verse. Okay, that's impressive. That one was real. This was definitely the that. hardest one. <laughs> I mean, it's a skillfully done song. He is the Edgar Allan Poe of our generation. I Ooh, that. I damn. Let's just leave it on that. Just have people consider what you were reading when he said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this has been my 90s playlist. This was so fun. Before we go, we do have one last segment. Uh huh. And it's called Put Me On. Put Me On. So after I watch the video for My Heart Will Go On, on loop about 57 times, what should I listen to next? It's funny that you say loop because I got something that you can watch several times. <laughs> what is it? Okay. <laughs> So, I'm an older millennial. Okay. I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok. Right. But when I do find a TikTok that I like, I don't stop watching it. <laughs> uh, and man, oh man, do I have a treat for you. Mm. And you know, y'all, this is probably going to be like four months old by the time you hear this, but I still recommend you just watch this. Mm-hmm. Shuba is a singer-musician who was also a season 12 American Idol semifinalist. Oh, Wow. And she has a TikTok where she's doing a Celine Dion impersonation. Mm. But it's not just a Celine Dion impersonation because she is doing Savage as Celine Dion. I love it already. And it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She has all the mannerisms. Uh It is just like, if you're a Celine Dion fan, you will love this. She is incredibly talented. But yeah, that's what I'm recommending. I love it. Check that out. I cannot wait to put that into my ears and into my eyeballs via TikTok because it sounds absolutely amazing. It's so good. And that's that. Thanks for hanging out with us another week, y'all. We'll be back next week to add another track to our mixtape. And we'll see you next time on My 90s Playlist. Bye. Bye. Ooh, bitch, that was beautiful. Bye, (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Great. This playlist is a Sony Music podcast. The show is hosted by me, Tracy Clayton, and Okoto Aforiata, and produced by Multitude. Our lead producer is Eric Silver, editor is Brandon Grugel, and executive producers are Tracy Clayton and Amanda McLaughlin. A special thank you to the artists, their managers, and everyone at Sony Music who made this podcast possible. For a full list of show credits, please visit my90splaylist.com. You can find a playlist of the songs from and inspired by our show by searching My90s Playlist wherever you stream your music. And if you like the show, please hit subscribe and be sure to tell your friends. That is the best way to help us grow. Thanks for listening.